Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Okay, perfect. Hang on. We're just trying to uh, get our co-host on, but unfortunately, I am not seeing him. I don't know if we're having a technical issue. I guess uh, people can hear me, which is always great, but once again, we're having an issue uh, trying to get our co-host in. So, 
Uh, if anybody wants to give a call, let's see what we could do for whatever reason, having a little a little issue here with our board, and you don't want to hear my nasally draw here for two hours straight. So let's see what we can do here. Once again, if you could hear my voice and you want to call in, uh, 516-418-5829 is the number. Hang on. Hopefully we'll be able to get something going on here. Ah, there we go. All right. We are back on. And there we go. Folks, thank you so much for your patience. Mr. Augie, can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. And apparently, hey, it wasn't me that moved all the controls around there. That was Duarte that did that. He decided to rearrange the deck a little bit, have a little fun with you. And so he moved the furniture around there, uh, hip. So that's all on him. And since he's not here to defend himself at the moment, I can get away with saying anything I want. There that's you go. The well, also to I'm it was uh, to it. It, it was it was I was having the same. Uh, I was being treated to the same technical prowess as the Calgary Flames treated the L.A. Kings in the second period tonight. There's another good analogy for you. Good one. I like that. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get right to it because we got a lot to talk about. Had a couple of trades tonight. Had some World Junior uh, news. Uh, some news involving Joe Thornton that's going to be making the rounds. But uh, as we do uh, every day, uh, let's get right to the Kings. Really, it's it's pretty cut and dry here. Uh, the Kings really just with uh, a monstrosity of a second period that they simply couldn't recover from. And uh, really, even before I break it down, because it was just all Calgary. And, Augie, this, I think this is the first time that uh, I disagree with Stevens in the sense that uh, I think he should have called a timeout. I mean, it, uh, it was obvious that Calgary was dictating that entire period. Once they made it 3-2, to two, uh, he should have really used his timeout right then and there. Would you uh, agree? Um, uh, I don't know. I think he was kind of keeping it in the in the back pocket in case he needed it for a goalie challenge because uh, that's that's the one thing about calling a timeout right there. Uh, this was it, just in my opinion, this was an issue that's been prevalent uh, the last few weeks. Is teams with speed are given the Kings fit. So we saw it in the last game with the Avalanche uh, when they came to Staples Center and how their speed just completely caught the Kings off balance and put them on their heels. And in the second period, that became real prevalent. I mean, those guys, the, the, the Flames players were just buzzing around Jonathan quick. I mean, it just was, it was unreal. I, they were playing on a different tempo. It was like two different teams that stepped out on the ice from the first period to the second period. And it caught the Kings kind of, for lack of a better term, in my opinion, it caught them flat footed up there. Uh, I don't think a timeout with these guys, I don't think a timeout would have helped. I mean, this is a veteran team and I, I believe that Stevens has a lot of faith in those guys to play through things. And to me, it just seemed that with, with how these things go and goalie challenges and everything like that, and this could come down to something of that situation. I don't think this was a timeout warranted uh, kind of issue. Uh, if it was a period like the game with the Kings hosted the Tampa Bay Lightning, then, yeah, I, I think a timeout is warranted there. But just 
just from where I stood, I don't think that really would have helped things. They they knew what they needed to do, and that just was an well, albatross I, of a period. Yeah. I I'm definitely going to disagree with you, being that Calgary outshot them seventeen to five in that uh, in that onslaught. I don't know. I it's the first time I'm a. I think once again, in my opinion, they probably should have called it. But once again, we're all all second guessing at this point. But uh, you're right. They they had the Kings on their heels really in the second period, and even a great uh, even in that third period, the Kings didn't quite look like they knew what uh, what was going on and what they needed to do. It really wasn't until uh, you know the those final minutes of the third where they decided to. To, to really play their game and look like they were on it. And once again, had a chance to win. I think, I think Chihuahua, is that kind of the most, the most painful thing that they score that goal with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, a minute and a half left, two minutes left in the third or whatever it was. Now you look back on once again, a couple of those goals in the second, and doesn't that just drive the dagger just a little bit further? It sure does. And Hey, since you're disagreeing with me, I'm hanging up on you right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'll stick around. <laughs> I'll stick around. I'll stick around. I won't hang up on you. I really want to, but I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that just hurts because it, it just seemed like they uh, they really could have uh, – we, we really could have gotten a lot more out of that. I mean, just like, I said, like you just pointed out, that second period was just one to kind of uh, flush down the toilet and, and forget about because – uh, that it, everything that could go wrong did turnovers, not clearing out rebounds, guys getting second chances at pucks, and and don't forget the beginning of the third period, Jonathan Quick stopped two breakaways. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Two breakaways. Yeah, amazing. He Unreal. Unreal. So yeah, yeah I mean, this game could have been could have been a lot worse than it was, and we we did have a lot of defensive breakdowns out there. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's just not going to uh, – that's not going to fly. <laughs> not going to fly at all. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what, let's – we got uh, Jerry on the line. Jerry, who's back from Ohio, and uh, he's going to call. We always like to bring in Jerry. Jerry, uh, you were on the air, brother. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts after tonight's game? Despondent oh, or uh, – Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That, that, was, that was pretty miserable. That was pretty miserable. That second period was atrocious. I mean, all the, all the rebounds seemed to pop out in front of the net, and then they got slammed home, and, you know, it was just it, – it just it was just an off night for them, I think. I don't, I don't know what happened to cause it to be an off night, but they were not on tonight at all. And, yeah. Well, I, I disagree. Them, I mean, after they, that brilliant they start had a in the good, first, I, I was happy yeah. in the first. Yeah, they had a good, strong, a good, strong period uh, in the first. Right. And once again, uh, you know, Jim and Daryl uh, made a, a good point that you know Calgary'd been off; they hadn't played in a couple of days. It took them a little bit to get their legs uh, under them uh, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was it, after after that second. Uh, it was just, uh, it was just really uh, their their worst period of the season, and it it wasn't even close at all. Well, I had I had the Calgary broadcast on Center Ice tonight, and Kelly Rudy was talking about uh, half the t- half the team was suffering from flu symptoms. The goalie was suffering from flu symptoms. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, so, that's what they were know, saying. If 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 they if they kept pressure on, you know, they should have they should have been able to turn that team, and instead it, they got turned on, and you know it was just I don't I don't know I I couldn't figure that out at all. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was uh, 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 it was just once again just an overall collapse there in the second period and. Uh, there was yeah. just and no they never, recovery they, from. They couldn't recover in the third. You can't you, you can't rely on that third period all the time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Larry, we can or uh, Jerry, we can only uh, we can only kick the dog so much, and uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, for future road games, and we'll see how the Kings do uh, this Saturday yep. against Nashville. All right. Oh yeah, down, down in my uh, grandkids' territory. <laughs> yeah, and actually, so, Kings uh, are going to be home. Uh, we'll be home against Nashville, uh, Nashville uh, to uh, for the sixth, and uh, then uh, your Kings are actually going to have the All Star break, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is that right, Augie? I mean, there's a seven day layoff. Is, is that when the All when the when the hell's the All Star game this year? Because that's one hell of a layoff. Yeah, I, I know they. I know that the. Uh, that uh, there's usually like this long layoff. I guess this uh, by this. I guess they're calling it a bye week now that each team gets. But uh, the NHL uh, All Star Game is scheduled for January 28th. Okay, gotcha. Strange. So, yeah, it's a so one week yeah. bye. That's very very interesting. That's yeah, wild. but I. Yeah, it is. But I think. Uh, hang on here. Sorry, as I'm looking at the. Uh, is I'm looking at the schedule coming up. So yeah, they play the Preds, and yeah, they're they're off for a whole week until the uh, until they play the Ducks um, on the 13th. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, Preds the, that bye week, uh, then at home mm-hmm. against Anaheim, home against San Jose, home against Pittsburgh, which means we won't even be on the air uh, until uh, Jesus January 23rd or maybe January 19th if we want to do. Uh, uh, coverage against the Ducks. Typically, we don't cover the Ducks on the road show simply because there's so many Kings fans there at the pond. It doesn't really seem like a road game. But uh, I guess we got plenty of time to decide what we want to do between now and then. Why so, don't you, all right, why hey, don't uh, you cover the road games? Why that? don't you co- Why don't you cover the home games? It's in the contract. If it's under fifty, it's, under, it's in the contract. If it's under fifty miles outside the radius of Staples Center, it's not considered a road game. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, there you I, go. I miss it's the right at home. I really do. Yeah, I really well, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We miss you too. I'll tell All you right. what. After home games, you can just call you directly. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Call me up. Call me up. I'm, al- I'm right. always here. I'm always up. All right, you man. Got you got to take right. it easy. Right. Thanks for calling. We appreciate your support, all right? Uh, not not a problem. I love it. All right. Thank you, brother. Okay. There we go. Jerry from Ohio, uh, faithful caller. We haven't heard Galen in a long time. I'm going to text Galen see if we can get him to, to call in again sometime. Augie, you ever hear that when, would be really uh, good. Galen? Galen called in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Galen yeah, owes me a hundred dollars still. I haven't forgotten. 
That's it. Let's see if we can get Galen to call into the radio. That'd be good. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. So hey, uh, one thing. So check this out. Uh, why don't we? Uh, why don't we go back in time to the good times, uh, hip check, and let's talk about that first period, huh? Since we've beaten down okay, the second you know, period, let's I, talk I, about I, the glory days. <laughs> glory days. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm having a uh, once again. Uh, Augie, do me a favor. Talk a little bit, buddy, while I try to see if I can get some audio going here. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. No problem at all. Uh, all right, Kings fans. So uh, for those of you that uh, that uh, either didn't catch the game or tuned in late, this was really a tale of two different games. So uh, the Kings came out there in the first period against the Flames uh, with their hair on fire. At one point, they were out shooting the Flames, uh, thirteen to two, and uh, actually the uh, scoring was started off by none other than number twenty-four, Derek Forbert, the two thousand, the first round pick of the Los Angeles Kings in two thousand ten, displaying the form up there that made them pass and justified that. Uh, that draft pick right there of drafting Derek Forbert over Vladimir Tarasenko to give the Kings a one nothing lead uh, early on in the game. It was actually a, a very uh, a bad angle shot, and, uh, and, and Forbert just happened to uh, have it go in there. And uh, first goal of the season, actually we all thought he scored his first goal of the season earlier on this road trip, but it was actually given to Marion Gabrick. And so the Kings uh, busting out there to a one nothing lead on Calgary. And uh, Hip, did you happen to see that? See that goal? I did. I happened to see that too. And uh, uh, yeah, I think it was definitely a, a soft goal by Smith, but once again, credit for birdie managed to get it on net. And uh, that's the, <laughs> the game at its simplest, right? That is. And that's something you've been harping on him on was him, <laughs> the guy who misses the net the most. If I, that was that the exact quote I believe the guy who misses the net the most Derek Forbert keep your eye on it ever since you've said that he's been putting the puck on net go figure that one out so <laughs> well, well also that so too, Derek, it's, just, it's the in, it's the inability just to get the puck into the net too it's not necessarily shooting right. it wide but throwing it into an, a maze of bodies and hitting this guy and deflecting wide so yes it's a unique ability for sure it is. So Derek Forbert with his first goal of the season at four minutes and 47 seconds. And it was pointed out uh, that that was Derek Forbert's first goal in 93 games. So just to put this in perspective for all of you out there, it would take if, if Derek Forbert scored at a goal at, at a once every 93 game pace, it would take him 80,370 NHL games to pass the great one for the all-time lead in goals during, <laughs> for a career. So Derek Forbert, if he does that, it'll take him 80, over 80,000 games, which equates to 980 NHL seasons to become the all-time leading goal scorer in the NHL. So hopefully – uh, the salary cap keeps extending, and 980 years later, Derek Forbert could be your all-time NHL goal-scoring leader. Okay, so Gretzky, yep, your look, legacy's in danger. Look, look at the look at the bright side, though. With that goal tonight, he now passes Rob Scuderi on the all-time Kings list of <laughs> of goals by. Oh my God. Holy moly. Wow. Well, the records keep on falling around here, folks, because uh, last game it was Dustin Brown 
past the great one for seventh all time for goals in exactly. LA Kings history. So records falling exactly. everywhere. Derek Forbert, Derek Forbert scores his first goal of the season, and which led us a segue to Dustin Brown again. Actually, Dustin Brown at 19:15 of the of the first period just made a beast of a play. It was actually the last minute of the first period, two-way play. Completely took uh, the uh, Calgary uh, Flames player off the puck, gets the puck out in the open zone, and before he corrals the puck, he happened to take a quick look over his shoulder to see if there was anybody sprinting down. And that person sprinting down was Tanner Pearson. So Brown fires this beautiful pass right through the slot, and Pearson chips it in far down over uh, Mike Smith's head, actually over his shoulder to give the Kings a two nothing lead. And for once the Kings score a goal near the end of a period, which has been their huge Achilles heel all season long is giving up those late goals or those early goals. And which will make itself very evident a little later on. Uh, and Tanner Pearson with his seventh goal of the season, uh, with an assist from Brown. What did you see there hip? Uh, you know, I just like the way that he drove so much of the time. That's, once again, you know, we joke about getting the puck on the net, but a lot of the times it's just driving to the net as well. And, uh, you know, Augie, while you're bringing, uh, while you're bringing up uh, uh, Pearson's play tonight, why don't we go ahead and uh, do a little three-stars action, shall we? Mm-hmm-hmm. So, uh, Sounds good, Hip. Bust that out. Yes. Yeah, we're going, even going to do some background music if I can. Oh, nice. Oh, my music's just my music's just not going to work for me tonight, Augie. I'm sorry, buddy. But let's go ahead and do our three oh. stars because as horrible as that second uh, period was, there's still some uh, accolades to go around. Uh, star number three. Uh, and once again, uh, I don't know, is Quick even worthy of a mention? He did stop uh, two breakaways, and he really got no help at all. And uh, in a game, once again, that uh, the Kings abandoned in completely, he still ended up with a .900 save percentage. So is that worthy as a star number three, Augie? No, he gave up a softie. That first goal that uh, the Calgary scored was definitely a soft goal. I, I, I nix A on the quick say uh, for the stars A, even if it's the number threes A for today's A. See the theme there? Like All right, that. then. We're going to go ahead and we were going to deflect and we're going to give it to Dowdy. Why Dowdy? Well, for starters, uh, he played over 30 minutes and we're starting to see whereas in earlier the season, uh, Stevens was able to do a pretty good job of balancing the defensive uh, crew's ice time and he was averaging around 26, uh, 27 minutes, still uh, amongst the highest in the NHL. Uh, but this is the first time in quite some time that he's gotten over 30 minutes. Finished the night with an assist and a plus two. Uh, heck, just to finish on the plus side of the ledger, though, after that second period is uh, quite an impressive feat, which leads us to star number two. Uh, so with an assist and a plus three on the night, and as you mentioned, the beautiful feed to Pearson, uh, we're going to go ahead and give it to Dustin Brown because, once again, A, that was a beautiful feed, and B, once again, plus three on the night. Uh, very, very impressive uh, by Dustin Brown. And star number one, and I'm angry we don't have our sound effects, but uh, who else could it be but Tanner Pearson? Three-point night, had a hand in every single Kings goal tonight. Uh, finishes a plus two 
almost 20 minutes in ice time and uh, definitely was one of the uh, the Kings' better players. Uh, if we have to give uh, a couple of GOAT of the game awards, and once again, uh, maybe we're nitpicking here, but uh, my favorite player, Nick Shore, ends up being minus one, but uh, in particular, a horrible night in the face-off circle. Uh, just two of nine uh, in the face-off circle, 22% on the night uh, for uh, all players that were taking regular face-offs by far the worst and if we want to give a goat of the game honorable mention uh andrioff ends up being minus two with just nine minutes of ice time or nine and change uh not very impressive uh at all and you know what the augie let's uh let's give credit where credit is due uh calgary coach glenn gullickson he took advantage of the matchup when it was the clippers get a line change he was hopping Gaudreau over the boards, Gaudreau and Monahan every chance he could. And, uh, you know, maybe an overlooked uh, aspect and something we don't really talk about. But let's be honest, in this case, he saw the matchup he wanted and he was not afraid to exploit it. Definitely, definitely not afraid to exploit anything there. And that was the difference between a coach that has control of his team, the Flames, and a coach that has is just out of I mean, who knows what's going on over in Edmonton. So that that's the difference between uh, two clubs going two really different directions uh, that you see on display there during this Kings road trip. So uh, yeah, they they really did exploit those matchups uh, something something fierce, and that was a coaching thing. So dare we say that uh, Coach Stevens may have gotten out coached tonight? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact. Uh, we have some uh, Coach Stevens quotes uh, now available. Let's go ahead and get into that real quick. Uh, let's see here. He says uh, the first 40, we were uh, the first 10 minutes was probably one of the best starts of the year. Then we just let their D start skating. We let them start the freewheel in the rush game, which they're very good at. And then I thought we totally got out work for the next 30 minutes. The first 40, we were really really good for 10, and the next 30, we were really bad. Lost a lot of puck battles. Bottom line for me, you're not going to win on the road against a good team with a goalie. Half your D and half your forwards. And that's kind of what happened tonight. Oh, calling out half of the D and half of the forwards right there. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But there we go. A quick uh, quote from John Stevens. And, you know, let's go ahead and go around the NHL right now, too, because uh, Kings did get a little bit of help. Uh, Golden Knights losing. Uh, in regulation uh, to the Blues, two to one, uh, but really that was the only bright spot because uh, uh, Sharks gained a point. They did drop one to the Maple Leafs, but picked up a point out of the deal. Uh, moving forward, uh, Wild over the Sabers, Avalanche over the Blue Jackets, Oilers over the Ducks, two to one. But once again, when you have a Pacific Division battle. You know, when it goes into overtime, it's the worst possible outcome that you could have because now every team, both of those teams have made up points. Uh, even the Coyotes managed to win tonight in overtime against the Predators. So uh, strange, strange games uh, in the Pacific tonight. And once again, with the way the Kings played, none of it's really going to help them divisionally. So they picked a very, very bad time. Uh, to take a second-period break, and that's definitely going to cost him in the standings tonight. Reaction! 
It's nothing to do about nothing. The guys won two out of three on this Canada road trip. They were going for the sweep. Would a, would a win have been nice? Would one point have been cool? Two points have been great? Absolutely, that would have been the optimal, the optimal result. However, here's it, folks. In the last ten games, the Kings are 4-4-2. Four, four, Vegas is eight one and one. Uh, Vegas had a, I think, a nine game, uh, nine game winning streak, and uh, they uh, obviously beating the Kings during that one, uh, during that one in a shootout. And San Jose five two and three in the last ten. Anaheim five three and two in the last ten. It's a difference, it's a difference of one game there. I mean, Kings, if they're going to crap the bed, yeah, tonight it sucked. It was one bad period. Other than that. Uh, it's just one of these things where I think the last time we saw them take them, uh, well, we saw them take a whole game off against San Jose when they went up there uh, just before, uh, was it New Year's or Christmas? It was just before New Year's, right? Oh, it was sure. before Christmas. That's right. Yeah, before Christmas. Uh, they went up there and uh, crapped the bed against the Sharks. That was horrible. Uh, but, hey, going up to Canada, taking two out of three, beating the Canucks uh, like they did, uh, beating Edmonton, uh, really putting the beat down on Edmonton. Uh, and tonight, one bad period out of three games, uh, I can live with that. Yeah, I guess. my. I think the thing, though, that you definitely want to be concerned with, uh, you know, yes, we beat, you know, managed to squeak by Vancouver. Vancouver currently sitting uh, near the bottom of the Pacific. Uh, put the wumping on Edmonton, but once again, they're a team in disarray, completely underachieving and as we had talked about looking to get the coach fired now you play a team that's you know moderately better than those two schmucks and once again you you get the 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 you know result that you deserve by taking that period off i totally understand big picture augie without a doubt i definitely do but once again i think you definitely got to be a little bit concerned uh with depth of defense and uh once again maybe uh time to reshuffle that bottom six uh, Alexi Afalo uh, come on down buddy I think it's time to, to give him another crack at it or Brodzinski mm-hmm. Johnny Brodzinski this would have probably been a pretty good for Brod, a pretty good game for Brodzinski to play he's got pretty good wheels he's got pretty good skill he you know likes to go and take it strong to the net like uh, really when you look back uh, you gotta think come Saturday there's probably going to be some lineup changes would you agree I, you, I would think so, and I, that was kind of puzzling to me. I mean, maybe they're sick. Maybe they were under the weather. I know that Gravel and uh, Battenberg were two last-second changes, I, I, but I was really surprised to see Brzezinski and I follow scratch for this game because I thought that they match up well with the Flames' speed and would keep those uh, would keep those guys in check and wouldn't allow them to uh, go after a defenseman uh, like that because, let's face it, I mean, aside from Dowdy, uh, aside from Dowdy and Folan, even Musin, I mean, we don't we don't have a lot of speed on the D end uh, there. They're they're big, heavy, and it's up to the forwards to kind of to kind of give that pushback and keep up with those guys like the Droz and the Monahans that they have there that can really fly down the line, even Kachuk. So I was surprised to see that they were uh, healthy scratches tonight because I would have thought that they should have played over Andrioff and Clifford, especially since you have the presence of McDermott out there if uh, if Kachuk were to get out of line for some reason. So uh, that, that was baffling to me. Yeah, 
Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, let's go ahead now and talk about some other news. Uh, uh, speaking of those Edmonton Oilers, they acquired Al Montoya from uh, Montreal for a fourth-round pick in uh, the upcoming draft, and uh, Edmonton trying to do anything they can to shake up that team. And uh, there you go. There's their first move out of the gate. And once again, they were winners tonight. Uh, winners tonight in uh, Edmonton uh, against the Ducks there in overtime. So uh, some moves being made there, and I don't know, still a lot of trouble uh, on on that Edmonton squad. Uh, Had a little world junior action. Unfortunately, the U.S. falls to Team Sweden uh, 4-2. Of course, uh, the Czechs got whomped on by uh, Canada, Team Canada. Kings draft pick Kale Clegg with a goal in that one, as well as the game-winning assist. So uh, very good uh, there for uh, showing for Kale Clegg, and they will be playing once again Sweden in the finals. So if you want a reason to watch, uh, you may as well watch because there's two fine Kings draft picks right in there, Kale Clegg as well as uh, Jacob Mouvrer for Team Sweden. So very good news uh, there and uh, a reason to watch. And once again, uh, U.S., and uh, defenseman Mikey Anderson playing for the bronze against the Czechs. And uh, a couple other notes here tonight. Austin Matthews with the goal tonight became uh, number fifth overall for American players in a goal scored before the age 21. 56 goals now uh, already. Is that 56 games? I don't think so, but I'll get you that. Anyways, good job for Austin Matthews. Uh, but Augie, the 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 event that uh, is the NHL is a buzz in uh, in an event right now so monumental that uh, it's really uh, it, it's it's actually gotten Donald Trump off Twitter. That's how how the waves this has been making. But uh, I don't know if you saw it. Did you happen to see the Nassim Kadri Joe Thornton scrap? I saw it as it happened. I happened to be watching NHL tonight, and they were doing a uh, sneak peek into the uh, Maple Leafs and Sharks game before the uh, uh, the World Juniors uh, contest between Canada and uh, and the Czechs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, I saw it. Uh, it was it was the the beard the beard pull heard around the world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly, and now there are. Uh, Pictures circulating of uh, Joe Thornton's uh, new, uh, somewhat somewhat misshapen, off-centered beard, given that he has now officially lost a chunk of it, and uh, we're going to be seeing that uh, once again. <laughs> the beard poll heard around the world. Not since uh, not since Bugs Bunny took on the hillbillies has a beard poll made this much uh, news, right? Yep, and you know what's really great is uh, at uh, on Twitter at the sports at the Twitter at Sportsnet. There's a picture of Joe Thornton holding the beard chunk. It looks like as he's holding it there, it, it looks like a, like a misshapen, I don't know, a, a, a freaking Eskimo pie that was left too long in the freezer with some of the white ice on it, and they took a bite out of it. Uh, but yeah, so he's, uh, he might have to do some work there, but the cadre definitely got a handful in there without even dropping a glove. That was the best. Oh no, he did drop a glove. Never mind. He's, he's, he was caught barehanded. He, he was caught barehanded pulling the beard. 
Yeah, absolutely. In other news, too, uh, Coyotes forward Anthony DeClaire has uh, requested a trade from the Coyotes. And, uh, you know, hockey is very funny because it doesn't seem that long ago, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Augie, but it was only uh, a season or two ago where DeClaire and uh, Max Domi really looked like they had some just insane chemistry where you thought that they were really going to be a one-two punch for the Coyotes for years to come. But uh, while mm-hmm. Domi's still an impact player, Duclair, his play has definitely fallen off. And uh, am, am I mistaken in that, Augur? Doesn't it seem just like yesterday where, like, Duclair had some really, really strong games against the Kings? Totally. As a matter of fact, I think it was two seasons ago where they got off to a fantastic start. and Everyone was like, wow, check out the Coyotes. And mm-hmm. then it was like they remembered who they really were. It, it's bizarre, but uh, it seems to me that uh, that declare that right there is an example of an unhappy player because it looks like he's just he's not happy. Whatever it is, there's something over there that has that kid uh, unhappy, uh, playing uninspired hockey, and doing just enough to stay in the NHL. But uh, I guess with the de- the trade demand today, that really cements that theory because you don't request trades if you're happy. Correct. And I think he was also uh, also unhappy with the fact that they actually sent him down to the AHL for a while, too. That probably wasn't uh, too high on his uh, on his happy scale either. So it uh, be interesting to see. He's got a. You know, 79 points in 188 games for a young player, dude, that's pretty impressive. I mean, not quite, you know, a half a point a game, a little bit below that, but for a kid that's 22 years old, uh, you know, that's that's pretty pretty impressive. Once again, he was uh, originally drafted by uh, the Rangers, part of uh, one of those trades that uh, Arizona always makes come at the deadline. But, uh, yeah, 2015-2016, 20-goal uh, scorer. 20 goals, 24 assists, uh, 44 points in 81 games in 15-16. Yeah, I, shoot, I'd take that kid in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. This uh, year, no, eight goals no, in no 32 games. Yeah, absolutely. Plays, a, is, plays as a winger. Left wing, to be mm-hmm. specific. I don't know if he can play both sides, but, uh, yeah, I – Let's let's go ahead and hypothetically, what do you think a player like Declare, uh, you know, do you think he'll get a bona fide, you know, NHL player in return, or do you think it's just going to be maybe a draft pick and a prospect? What uh, what do you think's the value of an Anthony Declare on the trade market? Well, let's let's put it like this: uh, what? How did Arizona get him? Uh, he was with the Rangers, wasn't he? Uh, and then the involved, they they got him they got him via trade with the Rangers, so. He was part of the trade package uh, that involved Keith Yandel. Uh, okay. He's a he's a one point seven million dollar a year uh, salary cap hit, which is very reasonable. Sure. I I mean, yeah, he's a he's a possession puck kind of player. Uh, I think uh, you know what I I think he's worth. I, I think you have to look at what Arizona needs. And guess what? Not one player is going to put that team over the top. So, <laughs> so that bodes well. I mean, if if you're looking to get him, so let's see. I'm just curious here. Uh, bear with me one moment. And how long? 
is Anthony Duclair's current contract for? So how long would you be getting him for at this uh, perceived bargain price? Because he's, he's 20 years, 22 years old, seven goals, 13 points, and 31 games for a last-place team, and they've healthy scratched him 10 times, which kills his trade value. So I think you could, I think you could get him for, for, for a guy that uh, keeps them uh, without – I think it would be a salary cap kind of trade. So you'd be trading a salary for a salary or maybe prospects. Because remember, you have to have a salary cap floor, and I'm not sure how close to the floor they are, but uh, uh, they being the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, as far as the Kings roster goes, who would I give up for them? Uh, I yeah. probably, you know what? I, I, I'd give up one of the uh, I, I'd give up uh, one of the Ontario kids that Arizona might like, and uh, I don't like maybe uh, would you that. Trade merch? A, would, you, would you would you do merch yes. straight up yes. for Le- Leclerc? Yes, I would. I would trade merch straight up for Leclerc. Absolutely, and that would give Mike Merch an opportunity to play. I would do him that favor and see what we can do with uh, with a kid like uh, Leclerc, who's. Uh, Who's obviously uh, more on the uh, more advanced on the scale of uh, who's going to make it, uh, who can make an impact? Yeah, uh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. Where, hey, where's the Arizona Here's, GM's phone number? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. This is this is great. You make another point too. So, you're thinking if it would be Mersh, like a Duclair for Mersh, that the Kings would probably have to throw in a pick too. Uh, Declare was a third-round pick, so I would not be surprised. Here's uh, another thing, though. What about Amadio? Now, there you go. Really, Amadio is probably the best center on Ontario, and that's, uh, you know, not saying a lot. Amadio's gotten better every year, but would you do Declare for Amadio straight up? No, I wouldn't do Declare for Amadio straight up, and this is this is the reason why, and now I see this here, is uh, Declare signed a one-year contract this year. Uh, as a restricted free agent. So that's why that's another thing that hurts his trade value. So, uh, no, Amadio, that, that's given up too much. Uh, I would give up Mersh for him, but I would not give up Amadio. Gotcha. Fair enough. Right now, uh, Amadio on the reign, 26 points in 24 games. Uh, interesting point, too. It's funny when you watch, uh, when you see Amadio, when you really look at his stats, uh, he gets better every year. His point production increases every season, really, no matter where he's gone. It's like it, it's like it takes him a little bit to get comfortable, to find that learning curve, and then he works hard to improve. So I'll give you an, a, an example of that. Uh, first, uh, first season in juniors, uh, 19, 19 points in 63 games. Second season, 38 points in 64. Next season, 71 in 68. Next season, exploding with 98. 98 points in uh, 68 games. So, last year on the rain, first kick at the can uh, for uh, AHL professional hockey, 41 points in 68 games. Uh, Once again, this year, already 26 points in 24 games. And, you know, when you're a, a young player and you're a responsible player, you know, he can get uh, PK time and whatnot too. When you're an, a, an AHL player and you could average a point a game and you don't really have a bona fide weakness, which is really almost describes Amadio to the T, I guess, I guess the one thing you can say about Amadio that's probably the, the, the biggest criticism is he is just not flashy at all. There's nothing – there's not really one thing that you watch about him that stands out. 
but you can't deny that he's a well-rounded player. And really, when we look at Amadio, he's probably, let, let's be honest, his, his role with the Kings, he's going to be taking Nick Shore's spot. Right? I mean, that's, that's low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. When Amadio no, is not NHL Nick ready, Shore! <laughs> not Nick Shore. No, not Nick Shore. <laughs> Let's be honest, too. Do you think, like, what kind of numbers do you think Nick Shore would be putting up in Ontario right now? Do you think Nick Shore is a point-a-game player in the AHL? Are you kidding? I think Nick Shore could be the Wayne Gretzky of the AHL. I think he'd be a three-point-a-game <laughs> player down there for the Ontario Reign. Uh, no, I, I mean <laughs> – I, Michael Amadio, 21 years old. Uh, he's going to be 22 in May. Uh, he was definitely a late bloomer, as they say. And uh, I, yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I think Shorzy uh, and and Amadio's had a taste up. He's had a cup of coffee up at the NHL club. Uh, I like what I saw out of him. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but. I think my I think this might be the last uh, Nick Shore uh, Kings F Cancer jersey I ever have an opportunity to bid on because uh, <laughs> and a salary of nine hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars for uh, for Nick Shore I I don't know how long his contract is I can't oh it's a one year that's right they, he he got a one year extension uh, yeah I'd say he they're not going to resign him next year I I, I think Amadio would uh, would come up. Uh, up to the team, and hopefully Nick Shore will be playing somewhere in Germany or uh, the KHL, perhaps. Uh, yeah, at some point no, you know what? That's, so, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a call, Augie, because you can see now with the amount of years he's had in the NHL, you know, probably can't. You know, let's be honest, Shore's probably probably wouldn't make the Vegas the, the Knights roster the way they're playing right now, and so I think you make a really good call there. I could definitely see him. Uh, going to the the European leagues uh, next year, uh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, boy, we're now this is great, LA Kings hockey, folks. Where else are you going to get talking of trade ideas about Michael Mersch, uh, comparing uh, Amadio to current Kings players? You're just not going to get there at, at any other talk show. Please, come on. No other show <laughs> is going to go to that that facet that we are and be able to break it down on the spot and all the fly. Me and Augie didn't plan to talk about Nick Shore, Mike Amadio. It just comes organically because we're Kings fans, and you just let the conversation flow where it goes, right, Augie? Heck, yeah, definitely. Uh, We don't – we don't – we do this off the cuff. There's no studio preparation, no show notes, nothing like that. We make this happen so we can earn this. Right. That's absolutely That's right. Do it for our all That's our hardcore die hard L to listen to us uh, every show. So all right, Augie. Well I'll no tell you doubt. what we had one other thing one other thing that we wanted to uh that we wanted to talk about. We have the uh Patrick Maroon suspension. And uh I'll tell you what, if only I had time, Augie, I would have pulled that sound clip where we talked and debated on the suspension. Uh, you thought that he was going to escape scot-free. I said I thought he was going to get two games. And uh, alas, what was the result, my friend? Oh, he's gonna make me gonna make me drink gonna make me drink that hot tea, huh? All right, hold on, let me blow <laughs> on it a little bit. All right, Patrick Maroon suspended two games for his hits on Drew Doughty. 
I didn't think it was suspension worthy. That was my opinion. Does it surprise me that he got suspended? No, doesn't surprise me. I believe that that was more of a message to continue sending to the league. I just looking at that play, uh, having seen it tens of times, I I just think he got caught in between and it was a bad hit. Uh, but I don't think that that guy was doing that intentionally. Uh, but it was interesting. The Department of Player Safety, and their quote was, they handed a two-game suspension for Maroon's, quote, high, hard hit on Drew Dowdy. Now, some factors went into it. Uh, it was noted that the check made, quote, substantial head, con- substantial head contact, end quote. And it also mattered that Dowdy never possessed the puck, which is why it was a case of interference. So uh, they noted Maroon does not have a history of supplemental discipline. And there was no mention of any injury situation one way or another for Drew Doughty. I I was surprised at the amount of two games. If they were suspending him, I was thinking one. Uh, the two games, perhaps, just to send a message to the rest of the league that if you're not sure if a guy has the puck or not and you're going to go make a hit, don't aim for the head. Uh, if it was a shoulder hit, if it, and that's what it is. It looks like they're really going for that now is they're going for the shoulder hits. And if it's intentional, you're going to get eight games like Zach Ronaldo did for his hit. Uh, Zach Ronaldo, the Coyotes, got for his. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he deserved to. Am I surprised he got two? Not really. But at the same token, I come from a different era of watching this stuff. But, Hip, you were oh, right yeah. on. You were right on. Right on. Nailed it in yeah. two games. Let me, let me ask you this, though, Augie, because here's another point, too, is – if he makes the same hit on Oscar Fantenberg, do you think it gets nary the notice that it would, but just be simply because it was on Dowdy, a superstar player? No, I think it would have gotten the same notice that it did. It, it was head contact. And remember, uh, it was uh, – here's, here's what it involved. Okay, so let, let's take, let's take a, a case of two things here. Uh, okay, who is Samuel Gerrard? I'm sorry, say that again. Do you know who Samuel Gerard is? No, talk to me. Okay, Samuel Gerard plays defense for the Colorado Avalanche. So on December 27th, uh, Coyotes forward Zach Ronaldo got six games for an incident involving Avalanche defenseman Samuel Gerard. And the okay. reason why he got six games was, was this. There was a hit where Ronaldo put a clean hit on Nathan McKinnon in the neutral zone. So no problem there. And McKinnon appeared to be injured. So Ronaldo starts looking around, anticipating some kind of retaliatory hit or someone to come after him for laying out McKinnon, even though it was a clean hit. So here comes Gerard, who skates toward Ronaldo, and is still apparently trying to play the puck. So he extends his either as a glide-by to, like, give a little slash to Ronaldo. Well, Ronaldo just drops the glove and starts punching Gerard in the face. Match penalty for Ronaldo, which, by the way, Patrick Maroon got a match penalty. Ronaldo got it for punching an unsuspecting opponent. Six games for a guy that hip check never heard of. So, yeah, do I think if it would have been Fattenberg or Fallen? I think definitely the same discipline. I think the discipline was the discipline for the, for the action and the head contact, and the player involved was very secondary. 
Fair enough, fair enough. And as we talk about young Sam Girard, a heralded prospect, uh, according to his hockey bio, he's five foot ten and 162 pounds, Augie. Uh, I think that boy needs to hit the protein powder, eh? He's got to hit the protein powder, the HGH, the testosterone, the Decadurapola, and he's got to do love. Because that's small <laughs> for a defenseman. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Augie, uh, I'll tell you what. We've talked a, talked a lot, man. Good hockey talk tonight, and I always enjoy uh, chatting with you. Is there anything uh, that we left uh, that we left unsaid? Uh, well, I don't think so. I think we uh, I think we covered everything that. Uh, needed to uh, cover the immediate moment but uh but the kings definitely do have uh it'd be nice for them to make sure they show up uh to make sure they show up against the predators because that's going to be their last game for a week so getting the getting another two points right there uh is definitely tantamount and something that uh, that the kings should go into that bye week that they're going to experience uh with their heads up and with some momentum because their next opponent after that is the hated ones from Anaheim, the mighty ducks Indeed. of Los Angeles of Anaheim. So yeah, that's uh, the, the, those are the next two contests coming up that uh, are going to be interesting. Oh, by the way, for those of you going to the Kings game on Saturday, uh, this Saturday, uh, Daryl Evans is going to be signing autographs out front. Uh, there will be a fan fest unless it rains. But as of now, they are scheduled to have a fan fest out there. Uh, get there early. There's always some attractions up there. They have a DJ. Uh, Jay Flats does contests out there. The LA Kings Ice Crew will be milling around. So buy your calendars from them and get them signed. And, of course, get an autograph and a picture with the man with the suits himself, Daryl Evans. Absolutely. And uh, let me give a little plug for my band, the Hired Gun Trio. We are going to be playing – uh, Gallagher's Pub tomorrow in Huntington Beach. We're going to be going on, oh, I don't know, I'm hearing multiple things. It might be 9 to 10.30, it might be 10 to 11.30, we don't know, but we'll be playing a good, oh, 90 minutes, I reckon, and uh, pretty cool. We're going to be playing uh, with uh, the guy, with the former guitar player for the Cadillac Tramps. Do you remember the Cadillac Tramps, Augie? They had a pretty good, uh, pretty good name around here back in the day in SoCal, right? Oh, of course I do. Absolutely. Didn't once open Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Indeed. So anyways, uh, come out and see us at uh, Gallagher's tomorrow night. Go out, uh, meet Daryl Evans Saturday before the Kings game. And, Augie, I appreciate you coming in. So much fun just talking L.A. Kings hockey, man. You got uh, Augie's been watching the game as long as he has, plays the game to this day, which I'm infinitely jealous of. And, uh, Myself, that's uh, watched just uh, more than a, a shade of games in the day. To be able to uh, to talk hockey with you is a pleasure, Augie. Uh, same here, Hip, and um, thank you once and, again for the opportunity to be out here and uh, and uh, talk about something that we both love, and that's LA Kings hockey. Absolutely, and since I can't control the soundboard, you can go ahead and sign us off uh, with a little bit of Sammy Hagar. All right. All right, that sounds good to me, Hip. So for those of you, this is what I'd like you to do right now, okay? At this point, what you're going to want to do is just kind of sit back, relax a little bit, okay? It's very important because we're going to go down memory lane here, back to the 80s. That's right. 
back to the time where having a Camaro, a mullet, and Oakley sunglasses made you the man, where you could just lean up, pull up into the Forum parking lot, pay five bucks to park there, open the trunk to your Camaro, kick it open with the cooler, look out at the girls out there, the short skirts while you're in your leather jacket, it's 85 degrees outside, but you want to look cool. And as you're waiting outside the Forum, to see the opening act, I'm sure you were there for either Van Halen, Poison, Guns N' Roses, Skid Row, or even my man, Sammy Hagar. And kicking off the weekend by cracking open a beer, a good time, and seeing what could be done before you walked in to the fabulous floor for the King's Fun and listening to Sammy Hagar. Hey everybody, have a great night and a great weekend. Thanks for Cook and then drive, drive.